You know, you can write wind nuke in one line of Perl. Google it. Uh, anyway, <laughs> my... <laughs> <laughs> Rich, 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 we're back. Back where, Paul? In the office a couple days a week, you and me. Is that why you're in ultra 8K resolution right now <laughs> in front of me? Incredibly high resolution. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, no, and, and just vertically, horizontally, just very present. Yeah, yeah no. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. In any case, speaking of 3D, guess who's here in 3D? So who, who's here? Michael Shane. <gasps> Michael Hi, guys. Shane from Postlight. We're in the same room. We are. It's, it's awesome. really why the, the acoustics are pretty good, frankly. He is director of digital strategy yes, at Michael, Postlight. That's right. Michael joined us for a little bit. Yeah. During the pandemic. Yes. And now we're now you're here in the flesh. There's also clients in the office. What? <gasps> yeah, I know. It's really exciting. Two clients are coming by today. I'm finding that people want to get the hell out of their house. Oh, my God. I, I think that's happening. Well, right they now. want to work together and get their stuff done. They want to see people. They like to collaborate. It is what it is. Michael, welcome yeah. to the podcast. Welcome it to the podcast. Thank you. Wonderful to have you it's here. It's a pleasure to be back. You know, it's been four years. Yes, since that's my right. Last Michael was on the appearance. podcast four years ago as a client. Yes. Relationships are complicated with agencies, but it was a different, it was, it was a collaboration. He was at Bloomberg at the time and yeah. it was that's actually right. less of a client. Bloomberg, I wish they would have been more generous with the fees, but it is what it is. But <laughs> we, we boy, used, it was we, a fruitful, it was a great project. I, I'm my, very proud of that It's project. one of my favorite things I've ever done. Sometimes, yeah, it was really cool. to be fair, we squeezed a good case study out of that. Boy, did we. We keep squeezing it. There's so. no more juice left in that case. <laughs> no, unfortunately. I mean, you had to take my quote off the it, website when the you hired part. me. We it's had true, Michael. We had Michael as a as an endorsement, and yeah. we had to pull him because once they're employed here, you can't have them. This say is nice true. This anyway, is true. so we we didn't actually, and we never would. We don't hire people directly from our clients. But Michael left Bloomberg, went to another agency, is now and is now with us. So yeah, good to have you here. I mean, just so people understand, you're director of digital strategy. That's right. Those are three words that mean absolutely nothing. So no, why nothing. why don't you tell people a little bit about what you do? Sure, absolutely. So strategy at Postlight exists to look after the health of our relationships with clients and to be thoughtful about how the agency grows, how we operationalize the things that have intuitively gotten Postlight to the amazing place where it is today. We're really there to work with clients to answer the big, gnarly, nasty questions that often come before product requirements. Well, I'll give you an example would be a, well, actually we did some work with the MTA and when we went into the MTA, they were like, we're going to use this system. What do you think? Or people come to us and they say things like, hey, we want to build some CRM tools. Should we use Salesforce? And we actually, strategy is in a funny way to me that the job of going, you could absolutely do that. But what does it mean? Yeah. Let's take a breath. Yeah. Why? Strategy yeah. is just why yeah. over and over yeah. again. Yeah. And, and, you know, strategy is, it's one of those words. Well, it's a dangerous <laughs> one because it, it actually, everybody, everybody feels they should be a strategist. They do. And... If you look at, you know, Postlight's young history, the word strategy, we used to orbit entirely around product. In fact, product strategy, the word strategy lived inside of product in Postlight for the first, I'd say, three years. But if you strip it of all other words and just say strategy, it's advice. And Department of advice would be wonderful. It's advice, ideally 
devoid of your own interests as an agency? Because my advice will always be, well, obviously you need the $10 million solution, not the $2 million <laughs> solution right. in front of you. That's right. But people, their antennas up, are up anyway. So Michael, I want to ask you what yeah. you're not. I'm not a salesperson. Oh my God. That's the question I was going to ask. Mm. Yeah. We um, don't have a sales department here. Explain that. Well, we, we just don't. We don't have business <laughs> development. I have never had a sales job in my life. I mean, everybody in the strategy group at Postlight is essentially a, a practitioner. Yeah, it's, it's almost a criticism when you say it, but it's not, right? It's like who no, we... No, it's, right? it's just how we do it's things not. here. It's not a criticism <laughs> we're, at all. We're okay, yeah. right? We're a yeah. good company. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's this very delicate space that Postlight has managed to construct where I feel no pressure whatsoever to sell things or or inflate things or make things expensive. No, you, you don't. Right? You aren't under that pressure. Exactly. It just doesn't exist. And we yet, will occasionally be like, what if we charge more? Right. But, but nonetheless, somehow, still, lots of business still flows through the door just by virtue of us trying to be helpful. The deal for sales at Postlight and the deal for how we grow and, and is to just be helpful. Yeah. That is like, this will be useful. Sometimes it's a little disappointing. And we try to avoid the situations, and I feel we're pretty good. We, we've gotten better at filtering out the ones where it's like, I'm going to get 20 people to respond to my RFP, and then I'll make the best decision based on how much they sing and dance. Like, unless right. we, we look for people, because it's those are unwinnable situations. Right. Well, I, I think it speaks to, and I would love to tell you this was part of the master plan, but it wasn't. Maybe I should just start saying this was part of the master plan. Let's imagine, let's start acting like we've actually planned every single thing that's ever happened the, the whole time. <laughs> as we thought about what Postlight wanted to be when it grows up, there was, I'm going to fulfill your needs that you are very explicit about. And then there is, I want to hear about what you're struggling with yeah. and help you craft what you need, right? And that distinction, I think, has defined Postlight because there are plenty of services companies out in the world that are fulfilling needs, right? Uh, and, and we play. I'm not going to say we're, we're too arrogant and we don't want to go and compete in those, in those arenas. We do. We respond to RFPs sometimes. We get sometimes. lots of briefs that are very prescriptive. Very with, prescriptive. With what they think they need. And we don't toss yeah. them aside. No, of Definitely not. not. But we, we have put enormous energy into cultivating a, an outreach culture that is driven by dialogue, conversation, Generosity. I mean, we're insanely generous. Can I just say that? Are we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I mean, you're coming from another world. So we just, we just figure. For me, I always feel bad that money's even in the picture. I feel that. In oh a, Lord. In a just society. CEO, comma <laughs> yeah, post. No, no. In, in Here a, we go. In a just society. You know what broke my heart? There was one point a, a not-for-profit transit-oriented organization that I just think is great. Like, you know, let's all ride bikes kind of place mm. came by and they had $42. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to help you. Paul like, Ford on the earnings call. Oh, it's terrible. Not <laughs> good. If we're, if we're ever public. <laughs> listen, listen. <laughs> listen, guys, it was a really hot summer yeah. this year. I want to give you some guidance. <laughs> we, we landed over 200 projects valued at $44 each. And, uh, it felt really great. But luckily, Rich is here. Yeah. Explain, <laughs> explain generosity. Explain what you mean by that. We put 
a non-zero amount of effort in trying to help every every legitimate inquiry that comes to us mm-hmm. get some kind of benefit of having gotten in contact. Everybody mm. leaves with something valuable. We actually uh, we have a we keep trying to build the list of other agencies that we think are good that we can send people to if yeah. they need a smaller shot. Yeah. And to be clear, like you said, we're protective of our time. We're conscientious, but like life is too short to not be nice to people. The job of growth at Postlight is to always be making friends. That's it. Like right. and not just like not networking. Making friends yeah. by being helpful. Because why not? That's, it's, uh, but you know how hard that is to communicate to the world. Like it's just everyone just assumes it's predatory capitalism. Like I that we wake I w- up. It's also a longer game. It right? is. It, it yeah. is a long because it may not come through for whatever reason, right. budget or whatever. But there is an impression that's left there, and people have colleagues, and people are in the industry, and people are have have lines, and those things bear fruit later on, and we've seen it. We're working with a client right now that first talked to us something like two years ago, and it wasn't a fit for budget reasons because mm-hmm. we have to keep the lights on. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now they're here, and they're working with us on something else, and it's great. You, just being helpful feels wrong, right? Like in a lot of orgs. I think like, who are you giving your time to? What are you doing? How are you using it? But you actually don't have to do that much more in order to get the business. As long as you can do the work, you have to be able to do the work on the other side. Well, it's easy to give people permission to do that when you sort of set your business up to be about outcomes and not about hours in a spreadsheet. That's right. I mean, yeah. So to clarify that, I mean, we are not about logging hours. Yeah, um, we don't have we, any time cards. Never did. We never had, have had time cards at Postlight. We're proud of that fact. Uh, it speaks to um, the kind of culture we've cultivated within the company yeah. across the disciplines, right? Yeah. I think we're giving, you know, through all this chatter, a really good piece of advice, which is if you want sincerity as you reach out to people out in the world. Well, you got to pay a lot of money for that. Well, sincerity. <laughs> That's tier one. It's yeah. a very That's scarce, tier one it's pricing. an extremely scarce resource. Yeah, I mean, if you, you know, sincerity is just like, whew, boy, that's a premium. I admire salespeople. I'll tell you why. Uh, when some, you meet someone at a party or in a bar and they say, I'm in sales, it's just laid bare. They're yeah. not hiding it. Oh, I'm so here good. to take money from you for this thing I'm trying to get you to buy. Yeah. Right. And I actually, I envy that a little bit because we've gone to such great lengths here to A, not create that environment where you are that exposed and, and sort of very blatant about what you're doing. Obviously, we're a successful, profitable agency, but we've nurtured strategists not out of a culture of sales, but out of a culture of practitioners. Well, you said one word, Paul, and you said one word, Rich. They both start with C. Paul said the word capitalism mm-hmm. and Rich said the word culture. Right. Oh, that's how it's supposed to go. Damn it. That's how it's supposed <laughs> oh to go. God, no. I mean, actually, isn't that kind of, that's kind of backwards for you guys? Finally, I, finally. I've, I've right? lost it. I Paul, lost tell the me battle. about capitalism. But it's your company now. I'm tell done. me about capitalism. Oh, you know what? I actually just wrote about this for Wired. I, I figured capitalism out. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Uh-huh. You ready? Yeah. It's about money. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, look, this is the hard, the hard part, and I, I tell this to everyone who... <laughs> interviews and has never worked at an agency before. I tell it to friends and family who ask about what I do because as we mentioned, job titles at agencies mean very little. Working at an agency can be hard because essentially our job is to commoditize and merchandise creative work. Right. We are, we are, it's really hard. They're all mercenary. We aren't aligned with your mission. We're aligned with our own. And at the end of the day, accountants have to accountant and rent has to be paid and salaries have to be paid. But that's why the other C word, culture, 
exists. Yep. And the culture that you build from the inside is 100% what clients or prospective clients or friends are going to experience from sure. the outside. And like that, it starts that there. can align, right? And so you know what, what, what's critical right. with what you're talking about and why we don't have like a salesy sales culture? Well, first of all, the only people who really thrive here tend to be people who are genuinely excited about the subject. Like you can sit there and show... Rich or I or you, Michael, a, a piece of software as a service, you know, a software as a service platform and be like, I think this, that and the other. And we are genuinely interested, like not like, OK, it's my job to be interested, but like, what did you get up to? Oh, yeah. my God. What platform did you build this on? Yeah. Where are you? Who's using it? For whatever defect in my personality, I kind of can't get enough of that. I just want to understand how that world works. And I think like when people feel that enthusiasm on the other side and they they realize after a couple conversations that it's genuine. I wasn't just putting them on. We yeah. want to know how it all works. They realize we can connect at that level. And so like that is very different because it's it's a lot different than like I'm going to tell you about the future of the digital. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is that everything is going to be moving at a higher velocity and you're going to get left behind. Yeah. So Innovation. Are, exactly. Yeah. In a, yeah. We barely say the word innovation. I have not said the word innovation professionally since I started working here. No, you and you don't have to. I mean, literally. No, no, craft and discipline, and we'll get you a really good thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a ton of listening early on. Like I say, very in that first meeting, I've, I'm doing. You know, the team is growing now, and, and we're that fanning a, out. That's a lesson I learned from you because I used to come in and be like, I got to convince them I'm okay, and then it's actually. All they need to know is that they're heard. Like that's the start of the relationship. Yeah, and, and it's what I need because yeah. I am constructing a a reaction to the current setting that we're in, that yeah. they're in, the yeah. circumstances. And I don't know that, that yet. And it turns out people love to tell you what they're going through. They just like, want to be heard. They just want to be yeah. heard, right? Nobody's calling us because it's all going incredibly well the way they wanted it to yeah. go, right? Like right. they're calling yeah. us because they want to do something different. Michael, let me ask you this. We don't have a big sales gong. You know, when you land the uh, deal, yeah. it's like, bro. There's no gong. There's no gong. There's no gong so far. No gong so so far. It'll be digital, but it'll be a you bot. Know, this when firm, is, comes this firm is growing. Our culture is changing. And there might be a time for a gong. This has been all very mushy. All this, this conversation has been yeah. very touchy feely about sure. culture. So, like success metrics, echo effect, right? Yeah, success. Well, yeah. How do you Metric know you're metric. doing well? And you're a leader at Postlight, and you have teams that are out there servicing these clients. How do they know they're doing well? It's one of the things that I, I think we've had to work on is to build that bridge between the interface team, the strategy team, and the teams that are delivering the goods. Right. Yeah. So. Talk to work me, in a, progress. About, how work do you know in you're progress. Do- that is yeah, something we work on. Yeah, it is something we work on, and it, it takes work. Yeah, to react to that. I guess what's success for you, and how do you convey success to others? Sure. So when we're talking about projects that are up and running, where we're working with clients, the ideal situation to me, ongoing success is when our team and the team of people that we're working with at the client are sort of mirroring each other emotionally, mm. spiritually, intellectually, mm. as in, are we the same level of stressed or concerned? Mm-hmm. Are we the same level of happy, mm. excited, hopeful, whatever it might be? They're when aligned. Thi- right. They're aligned. When things are misaligned or things are wildly different, it even becomes if adversarial. Then, then you got problems yeah. because then you have surprises. And there are always surprises in client service work. Sure. Whose fault is it when a surprise kicks in between a vendor and a client? Always. 
<laughs> Always. <laughs> I mean, it's quite an implication there. <laughs> no, no. It's the vendor's fault. Yes. Yeah, it's the vendor. When in doubt, it's... Oh, it, and it's that's, that's what vendor. they pay for. No, that's right. This that is, is client... I mean, cl- we are in a client service business. Yeah. And that's cool. That, yeah. That's that's what we're here to do. Like, yeah. yes, we make great software, we ship great software, but it is all part of collaborating with clients to help them do the things that they want to do. And, and, and Rich, you and I are, I'm the CEO, you're the president. You're never done, right? There are times when I am explaining things to a client and they look at me and they go, I just don't know why we would do that. And I realize <laughs> I'm going to be crawling up the mountain for the next six hours. Well, that's yeah. part of the reason we don't have a sales team, right? Yep. Even when we get a brief that is totally prescriptive in terms of product requirements, and maybe they, the client has done great research and diligence, and that's the thing that should be built. And so we're going to go and we're going to help them build it. Great products change organizations when they're new. When yeah. you bring a new product or a new right, capability into right. an organization, all of a sudden they realize, oh crap, we need this data and analytics person to really understand if we're mm-hmm. succeeding or not. Mm-hmm. We need this kind of technology to really take the next step. And so even if we start with an engagement that is extremely prescriptive, mm-hmm. that's how we grow. We yeah. grow because when we do our jobs right, the things that we make with our clients change their organizations. Building and goodwill. So on and so forth. Yeah. yeah. I want to share another observation about Pulsite that is a point of pride. I've always been a believer that the business of like the foresters and the gardeners of the world is to seed anxiety. Oh, sure. Their job <laughs> is to But it's also the job you, of the media. That's the job of like most 90% of what is produced in the world in terms of words, music, pictures, and business communication is just there to make I mean, you feel bad. I don't want to get too <laughs> radical, but like literally capitalism exists to keep you on, to keep us all uncomfortable. God, I to make us anxious. In that discomfort though. Right? Yeah, no, that's the thing. Like, like <laughs> discomfort yes. yeah, no, breeds no. commerce. Broken. Yeah. <laughs> broken well, I mean, yeah. title well, of the podcast. No, don't broken. get me wrong. I love money. No, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Yeah. let's be let's be real, and no, that's no, the tension. And, and you have to be broken to thrive in this in this world. That's it, true. It taps into personal ambition. Mm-hmm. It taps into aspiration. I don't think we need to apologize for it. I think we are hopeful beings, and and I think capitalism is a way to keep score of that. So I I, I, I first off, I represent culture at Postlight. I, the CEO probably has more to say about the capitalist side of things. So it's I'll about it money. To, it's, <laughs> We tend to bring, like, we don't wag the finger and say, well, you, you're not on top of Internet of Things. We actually tend to bring the temperature down. A lot of people are like, hey, you're behind here. You need to get these six initiatives going. And if you don't, then everybody else is going to talk to their Alexa and your service won't work with it. And you well, better be on. You know what it is, is people love innovation and they love to bundle it up and they like to buy it because it doesn't require any commitment. And then you look at who succeeds and it's, we needed a new CRM and we rolled out a good CRM solution. And right. now our we sales- consolidated four legacy systems. Yeah. Yes. Now yeah. we can. And what it all comes down to over and over and over again is we enhanced our ability to communicate and collaborate in a way that lets us make better decisions more quickly. That and, is not what Gardner's writing about, right? No, of course. They're, they're, it's writing, boring. they're writing about cloud service integration partners. And, you know, I'm going to do that. People would much rather make things out of Legos than talk to their neighbor. <laughs> this is true. It is this true, is right? True. One of the services the agencies provide, and, and especially management consultant type of stuff, is they will go talk to the neighbor. They'll go talk to all the people on the floor who you really can't make eye contact with after five years for, do, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll just be like, well, you know. They'll talk the- for months. 
oh, marketing needs this and, yep. you know, ops needs this That's and right. you've got it. You're going to have to reorg over here and they will have the difficult conversations yep. for you. So many billable hours. That's right. Well, actually talk a little bit about, you don't have a traditional consulting background. Thank God. That wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, sorry. It's why you're here. Look, I went to music school. I, my, I have, I've already had a career as a classical musician what playing is, what in is, orchestras. I was a clarinet player. Oh man, he should have brought man. it in. Yeah, we oh, could have kicked off the podcast. Not as my, smooth. not for my first first visit as an employee. Okay, okay. Maybe okay. next one. God, the post light talent show is ruined. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, and here's yeah, yeah. Michael, a professional classical. Clarinetist. Yeah. yeah. But yes, classical music. But before that, when I was, you know, young, I taught myself HTML. I tried to write a personal banking app in Perl, failed mm. miserably. Oh. Okay. I've always loved technology. Yeah. But so while I was in music school, my first job job was working for Apple Retail. Oh. Right? Apple Retail. No commissions, never has been, never will be. And that was really my first exposure to customer service while being incentivized in the right way. I mean, it sounds really wishy-washy. No, but come on in and buy an iMac. What Were these like the candy-colored ones, the big plastic ones? This was right after that. One generation yeah. after. So, so like the lampshade? I started, no, after that. I started in 2006, the year okay. before the iPhone came out. Okay, okay. And I learned things there like assume positive intent. Yeah, sure. That served me to this day. I learned that on my first day there and I use it every single day. And the whole culture of selling, quote unquote, selling at Apple was you need to become an expert in everything Apple so that if someone comes in and said, you know, I love taking pictures of my grandkids. I love sharing them with my family. You can walk up to a computer and you can show them how they can do all of this in one place from a place of knowledge as a practitioner. So become a good practitioner with the products. And in everything order to takes commu- care of itself. You communicate how the products work. You've now completed the transaction. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Care about the outcome for the person who's standing in front of you. Did you get a discount? Yes. Okay. Well, that actually is kind of cool. I uh, wish Post could get a discount on freaking Apple products. <laughs> <laughs> Save us. No. Um, okay. So, so, so my background is weird. As, okay. as my career in classical music wound down, that's when I met Josh Topolsky and f- accidentally found myself working in yeah. digital publishing yeah. in, ten, in 2011 which, when things which really started to blow up. The Verge up. and Fox yep. Media, The Verge. Mm. I was okay. there sort of at the very beginning when, of, of The Verge when I cool. launched. Happy 10th anniversary okay. later this year, Verge Yay. people, by the way. Oh. One of the things you're saying is you don't need the log, the three to five years in that particular profession to go towards digital strategy. No, to be a good strategist, you have to be a good learner. I'm really good at learning things. First of all, I think the good learners are the people who are comfortable with the fact that they don't know anything. Humility. That's, sure. It's actually a big part Humility, of it. Humility. You're like, 100%. okay. And then you have to be relatively positive about that so that people are comfortable. Like, I'm not an expert, but I'm really good at these things. So let's bring these worlds together. Yeah, I've spent a tremendous amount of my life in a room alone being bad at things. Sure. Until I get really, really good at them. That motivates you. I mean, it motivates me. It has sort of shaped the way I see myself, at least, mm-hmm. in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the beginning of every single project or every proposal, you have to become an expert in the industry, the client, the particular mm-hmm. technology they're, is, they're dealing this is with, actually, the problem. Like, there's a great book, Ogilvy on Advertising by David Ogilvy, and it's go learn everything you can about yeah. the client. Go figure out everything. And again, if you have that positive enthusiasm, it's oh. actually really fun yeah. because to me, the agency, the part about agencies. A lot of people don't like agencies for for reasons I understand, 
But I love being thrown into yet another banana cakes part of capitalism. Yeah. And, and then you realize you know nothing. You're like, oh, this is how it actually works. I learned on Twitter that this was something different. But right. actually, it turns out that there's a, a pipeline that animal fats go through. And, <laughs> so, you know, I mean, the shortest description of my job, I think, is one, develop expertise, two, apply creativity and prior experience, three, open a seltzer. That's the job. Uh, I'm going I'm to add a four. I think you have you have a trait that I think many don't, which is there's a, a humility and a positivity that you're bringing. People love to teach you about what they're experts at. Oh, God, yeah. Gosh, yeah. they love to tell you about it, and they want to educate you on it. and Because they not, want you to care about what they care about. They want you to care about what they care about. Because they're just looking for connection, man. Well, it's also, like, I'm here because I have a problem. People come yeah. to post like because they have a problem. Right. Mm-hmm. But you're, if you're going to give me the first 15 minutes to tell you about what I've achieved and my expertise before I tell you about the problem, you are now building something bigger that transcends the project ahead. Well, let's right? now let's play out how that would actually go, right? So let's say, let's be the bad salespeople. You walk in and you say, I have a new insurance product I want to build. I don't know if my company is really down with this, and but I've been actually told by the CEO to go get it done, and, and it needs to work on mobile, and it's going to do five different things, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I know this about you, and you walk in the door, and if my first 15 minutes are telling you how great I am, yeah, you're going to, it's not even that you'll get turned off. You're just going to be bored because that's not why you're here. You're not here to find out that you've already gone to the effort to walk in. I'm in the room. Yep. So the only real function of being in the room is that we're going to turn around. You're in our space. It's actually where we have the most power and control. Mm -hmm. And we're saying, come on in here because these are where the tools are. And this is where the things are to help you solve your problem. First of all, we need to understand your problem. Being an assiduous and active note taker actually to me is one of the most important things I can do to signal listening. Like, I, I loved it. You know, for a while, I just used graph paper. Eventually, I went to an iPad. I noticed that. You, you're a scribbler. Even when you're thinking and you're, and all I look down and I just see like, you know, you drew a big bang I got on that Remarkable yeah. 2. The Remarkable 2 is really good. Product plug, Remarkable 2. Uh, I have fun. one of those. They are fun. They are Do you guys have a promo code? Just kidding. No, I wish I did. I love no. that thing. I want to I zoom in on one of the things you said, which is you're listening not only to the problem. What I like to do is I, I also want to hear about what they're good at like what is going well, I want to understand their world. I don't want to just understand the problem space that they've come to us right. with. You right? can't help them if you can't also understand what, su- what success looks like in That's their right. world. That's not, right. not only in their industry, but in their organization. That's right. You can't focus only on the calamity. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an assumption here and you correct, tell me if I'm overreaching. Like you're talking about very particularly, very particular soft skills, obviously a love of tech and an appreciation for what can be achieved is, is really cool, but anybody can do this. I mean, if you, yeah, you, you have to have a set of passions that can keep you interested and excited for at least for 40 hours a week while yep. you're doing the work. Do you like, you have to like people? I think you have, to, I mean, you gotta like people. You gotta like people. I'm a little bit, as I've gotten older, I'm in my, I'm entering my late thirties. I think I've become more introverted over time, Interesting. you know, and I sometimes I like to exaggerate the extent to which I'm a misanthrope, but generally, yeah, I like people. Yeah. You know, I like yeah. seeing what people get up to. I, you know what this does raise, and this is something we've been talking about more and more as we grow. People worry a lot about like, you know, if, if the monster party of governance came in and was yeah. like, we need you to, to raise more monsters yeah. from the deep. Yeah. Would we take that work? And it's like, 
you know, we're, we're open for business and we, we have a lot of different kinds of people here. But ultimately, if there's not like a kind of values alignment, we're not going to be in a position where we can really help you out. Yeah, definitely. So not. it's yeah. like, no, probably not. And those kind of, they naturally fade away. It's actually yeah. less of a there's less filter that you need than you'd think in terms right. of business ethics. If you communicate outward in a certain I mean, way. Rich, let me put it this way. There is no general assembly course for what I do. Right, that's right. what I'm kind yeah, of getting at. But I would like also a, say that's a good brag. Like I'm going to say that yeah. every it, hey, I'm not done and yet. there never on, will be. Look, I'm going to tell you what. There's no not flat iron school. Nothing. Look, nothing. But no. look, even if you go and you take the product management course at General Assembly or whatever, that's not going to prepare you to be a product manager here. Right. Or, or I think at any good agency, yeah. being a product manager in house where you own one slice of one product in micro for like three years and your job is to move the needle one, push ba- tickets, one basis point, push tickets. Yeah. yeah that's, yeah. that's different than product management at an agency or the, the product okay, owner you, or leader at just an agency. To help the, the audience yeah. here, you took a leap. You're, you're using product management interchangeably with, with digital strategy. Well, they're, they're very related, especially here okay. at Postlight, right? Yep. But yeah, digital strategy, product, man- product management, they mean different things at different places. Mm-hmm. And I guess the point I'm making is that if you want to be good at anything approximating either of them mm-hmm. in an agency setting, mm-hmm. at least, your run-of-the-mill product management course yep. is a nice little add-on, right. but you absolutely don't need it. Right. You know, mo- right. a lot of the smartest people I know with the title product strategist or something like that have widely varying backgrounds, totally random backgrounds. Totally agree. Because you're looking for markers of curiosity, creativity, personality, personality, the ability to sort of generate velocity for yourself and for a team. Sure. Let's put it this way. I've been working in agencies for, I guess, the last four years or so. I have not written a single JIRA ticket ever. Nothing against people who write Nothing against that, just to be clear. I've just focused on different things and lots of, and our product managers at Postlight, because we ship so often, yes, there are tickets being written and tickets being moved. And that's a critical part of the job. Anybody can learn to do that. So Um, what, what makes a good proposal? Yes. Ooh. Because this is, I mean, a lot of our work, yep. you took a lot of work off of Rich and me, that's worth noting, and off of Gina and Chris. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, no, we are appreciative. You took a lot of work on taking and writing the proposals and communicating with clients in the yeah. early days of the relationship, that's right? right? Mm-hmm. So you create a lot of artifacts when you do that. Yeah. What makes a good proposal in your head? There's a couple of different categories. Let's start with the easy stuff first. The easy stuff is that it has to be polished. You know, we're a New York City agency, by and large, right? We've always had at least a third of the company remote, but like we have New York City overhead, we're expensive, we're world-class, and every single thing that leaves the door and is going to be put in front of a client or a prospective client or a friend has to look up to snuff. It has to match what we strive to do here. I always say it has to feel expensive. Polish is about removing distraction. Let me use a music analogy here. Okay. When I listen to an orchestra or a soloist or something, If they're not playing in tune, which can mean many different things, but let's keep it simple. If you're not playing in tune, game over. I'm out. Because I cannot get to whatever it is they're trying to tell me if they can't meet a baseline level of quality and competency. And so a good proposal out of the gate has to have no distractions mm-hmm. from the story that it is trying to deliver to you. Because mm-hmm. ultimately, that's the other side of a good so proposal. So we're, we're telling a really quality matters. story. And so this thing needs to look and feel quality right away. Right. So that it gets out of its own way. Absolutely. Yeah, right? Absolutely. So that okay. you can be as efficient as possible in your storytelling. Yeah. Okay. And then the other side of it is to, you have to demonstrate very quickly and succinctly and forcefully that you have not only read the brief, 
but that you understand the problem, which means you have to go beyond the surface layer. You have to say, I've listened to you. We've been on the phone. We've had mm. meetings. Don't just regurgitate. Exactly. I've read RFP. your RFP. Yeah, yeah. I've listened to what you've told me. But here are the implications of what you're telling me. Here's how we understand what's going on. And therefore, this is where we would begin. And right. this is why. And then you go from there. It's a great point. You we, have to go beyond the surface level. We go to great lengths to actually restate in our own words what they're struggling with. I mean, the way I think about this is unless you're drawing the platform that they're going to build and like, unless they can see that you've internalized it and turned it into your world, yeah. you're, you probably haven't gone far enough. Like right. that's right. You should be able to, to, if somebody's asked you something, you should be able to say, here are the pieces of the solution. Not how every single thing's going to work. You're not going yeah. to do the work for them, but like, this is how we're going to approach it. Yeah. These are the boxes. Here's the components. I would also say, and I'm going to go out on a limb a little bit here. Hopefully none of our clients end up, proving me wrong, but I think a good proposal should contain at least one thing in there that surprises the reader. Oh, no. That they didn't know. An insight about their business, about their industry, a different way of looking at their problem. I love a good fun fact. I used to literally put fun fact colon into into proposals with cool imagery. Yeah, like an aside next to the dry spec. Yeah. So that's another good point. A A good proposal should also connote enthusiasm. Otherwise, it's an invoice in advance. Right. You know what I mean? So and that's yeah, not what we it love is. Invoices. No, no, Have you but met this our is, CEO. That is, I mean, just he's <laughs> such a capitalist. That is really true. Which is that most people are so working backwards from that number with such intensity that they forget that the, they forget the conversational aspect and and maybe layered in. It. And that is the difference between like the serious long-term consulting right. partner and the, yeah. the if implementer. We, if we've done our job as generous, consultative, potential friend collaborators, then they already know, our clients already know the ballpark of price that they're headed towards. Yeah. That's the last, it's, it's literally the last thing on our proposals, which I think is probably pretty common. But by the time we send the proposal, assuming it's not a highly procurement-driven RFP or something like that. If we have been able to have a relationship with them, they know what's coming with the cost. The proposal is what makes the cost an afterthought. You know what's weird? RFPs are really tricky because you do have to reply to them. You do have to take them very seriously. But there's also, there's a rule in government, especially, which is who's going to win the work? Well, who wrote the RFP, right? Like it's, they bring people in to consult. Those people write the RFP and then they get awarded the work after going out. We've been on both sides of this. Yeah. 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 And like, when we are told, and this happens, like we're, we've issued a request for proposals, and then you're like, I'd love to talk to you. And they're like, no talk. No can do. No talk. It's like that dog oh, in yeah. the meme where it's just like, no, yeah. no talk, I, I, only we've reply. Had a, we've had a client say, you're great. We love you. Goodbye for a while. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we have to go silent now to let the process play out, which is, I get it. I totally get it. If there is no conversation, it's awfully hard to get the work. Those are the yeah. least fun proposals to work on well, because you're, you, like, you're not allowed to build a relationship. I'm just yeah. helping Sometimes you. Sometimes they a- don't respond. Sometimes like, look, we're not talking to anyone. We're keeping it very, you know, you're moving forward. If after you've set the proposal, like, you know what? Let's chat. I will say we just received a, uh, an RFP from a large, uh, a not-for-profit related to kind of government stuff, just a really nice organization. And it was the nicest letter. They're just like, here's the budget. It's fantastic. Here's what, yeah, it was one of the best like, I've ever seen. Lots of clapping on our end. Oh, it was so good because it was just like, here's what we got. It's not even the highest budget, but it was just like, okay, this is very clear. That's our max. This is where we'd like to go. This is what we'd like to do. We're here now. Here's what success would look like. Here are the risks from previous projects. That's rare. Oh, yeah. and you, oh yeah. my God. I just yeah. wanted to hug them. I'm ready to yeah. do it for free. Not yeah. really. Well, if I, I, the CEO, yeah. keep in mind who you are 
are and it's what you money. represent. No, but yeah. that's about about money. that brief came in and you, and we read it. We're like, wow, I really want to work with these people. And exactly. and it, just like the proposals, the budget is at the end of the brief, and people were saying, oh, this this is great, this is great, we got to do this right. before yep. the the budget number was even on the screen. The number one tell actually is when they say they'll send it to you like June seventh, and they're like responses are due May twenty fifth. Yeah. You know, yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you didn't get it together. And now there, now there's going to be the update about what yeah. it's actually due. And yeah. you reply and you're like, it seems yeah. like it's May 25th, yeah. but it is June 7th today. <laughs> um, I checked in um, with the space-time continuum. I and, love uh, how a good uh, conversation about proposals turned into complaints about RFPs, which is very yeah, real. This is great. Just nuggets, upon, like a basket of Just nuggets basket of advice of yeah. and, and wisdom that's been uh, put forward. I think it's the Paul and Michael show going. Well, forward. we've nah. given up. We no no <laughs> no no no. We're <laughs> come um, now. No, it's fun to have you on, and it's uh, you've you have taken on a part of this org. It's pretty cool. I'm really happy to be here. Well, we're learning. We're learning to give up control, and it's pretty exciting for us too. We are aggressively hiring towards always until the end of time. It's, it's true. One of the yeah, hardest. If you think Michael be a nice person to work alongside. Great time to get in touch with Postline. Yeah. If you Please are not, get in touch. If you don't call yourself a digital strategist and this conversation resonates for you and you think you carry a lot of those qualities, we'd love to talk to you. <laughs> Michael, thank you for coming on. This was great. Can't wait to come back. Oh, uh, whoa, whoa. See, good sales oh, right there. there that is go. growth. That's right. Yeah. I'll be, can you guys get your calendars up? Let's schedule the next one. Check us out at postlight.com. <laughs> guys, what are the next steps here? <laughs> what are the next steps? Um, <laughs> What's now, the follow-up? We're going to be back in touch with you in about a week. Reach out. We love to talk. I mean, you've just heard it through this whole podcast. We're very generous and we oh, love to God. give we're advice. Just, we're like um, angels. Just angels mm. that that also send in voices. Uh, hit us up <laughs> at hello at postlight.com. Uh, thanks <laughs> again, Michael. Of like God's accountant. <laughs> That's the title. Angels that send angels invoices. Angels that send invoices. <laughs> That's hey, the title. Good right. work, All everybody. Right. Have a lovely week, thanks, everyone. Guys. Bye. Bye. Back to work in the office. <laughs>